It's Monday, October the 4th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, trading in Evergrande suspended and Facebook's whistleblower reveals herself. First, the world in brief. The trading of shares in Evergrande, an embattled Chinese property group, was suspended on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. The decision came after some bondholders said the firm had missed a second interest payment. Evergrande has $300 billion of liabilities, mostly short term. Uncertainty about its future has led to fears it could spark a wider financial crisis. Its share price has fallen 80% this year. A whistleblower from Facebook who leaked internal documents through the Wall Street Journal identified herself on 60 Minutes, an American news program. Francis Haugen, a product manager who quit in May, said the social media titan had concealed evidence that it was pursuing profit at the cost of spreading misinformation and hate speech. At least five civilians died in a bombing outside a mosque in Kabul, according to a Taliban spokesman. The attack seemed to target a funeral. No one immediately claimed responsibility for the explosion, but attacks by Islamic State have increased since the Taliban seized control of Afghanistan in August, raising the possibility of wider conflict between the two extremist groups. For the fifth time in a week, Russia reported a record daily COVID-19 death toll. On Sunday, 890 deaths were reported for the previous day, exceeding Friday's 887. The number of new infections is also at its second highest in a year. Officials say there are no plans to impose a lockdown. Officially, 210,000 Russians have died from COVID-19 during the pandemic, but the Economist's success mortality tracker suggests that the true number could be three times that. An enormous leak of nearly 12 million files from firms in offshore centres exposed information about the financial affairs of 35 current and former heads of state and prime ministers from around the world, as well as other public officials and wealthy people. The files, dubbed the Pandora Papers, were obtained and reported on by several news organisations, including the BBC and The Guardian, coordinated by the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists. Swiss authorities opened a criminal investigation into the activities of Greensill Capital, a British provider of supply chain finance that collapsed earlier this year. The NZZ am Sonntag, a Swiss newspaper, also reported that police had searched the Zurich office of Credit Suisse, which ran funds that invested in Greensill paper. The bank said it was not under investigation. Thousands of people marched in cities across America on Saturday to protest against state restrictions on abortion. The demonstrations were sparked by a new law in Texas which bans abortions after around the sixth week of pregnancy with no exceptions for rape or incest. The Supreme Court is due to consider a case concerning a similar law in Mississippi which bars most abortions after 15 weeks later this year. And fact of the day. 24. The number of countries that abandoned military conscription between 1990 and 2013. But the practice is making a comeback. 
And now here's today's agenda. Right turn. America's Supreme Court. The most conservative Supreme Court in living memory takes the bench on Monday for its first full term. Though Justice Brett Kavanaugh, who tested positive for COVID-19 on Thursday, will participate by telephone. The opening session includes a review of the death sentence of Zhokhar Tsarnaev, one of the Boston Marathon bombers. On November 3rd, the justices will consider bolstering the Second Amendment right to, quote, keep and bear arms in a case challenging New York's restrictions on carrying a firearm outside the home. Abortion rights teeter in the balance in a conflict over Mississippi's 15-week abortion ban, a direct challenge to Roe v. Wade, to be heard on December 1st. Later that month, the court will consider what the First Amendment says about state funding for religious schooling. And the justices are mulling whether to take on still more controversies, including race-conscious university admissions. It is a promising term ahead for America's conservatives. Left Ascendant Joe Biden's Agenda The American president's most ambitious piece of legislation has hit another delay. On Friday, Nancy Pelosi, the House of Representatives' top Democrat, delayed a vote on a $1 trillion infrastructure bill that passed the Senate with bipartisan support. The decision came after Mr Biden unexpectedly acquiesced to demands from his party's left flank that the bill be passed only after the Senate approves his more ambitious and expensive, quote, build back better plan. Progressives feared that moderate Democrats would bolt if the less controversial infrastructure bill passed first. Now the party's task is to find a dollar amount that the Senate's crucial two Democratic centrists, Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Kristen Sinema of Arizona, can stomach. The White House has already acknowledged it will not be $3.5 trillion, as Mr Biden first requested. It may be little more than one-third of that. Negotiations will proceed while the House is out for up to two weeks. Off and running. Japan's new Prime Minister. The Japanese Parliament reconvenes on Monday to elect a Prime Minister. The vote is merely a formality to approve Kishida Fumio, who won the race last week, to become the new leader of the ruling Liberal Democratic Party. Since then, Mr Kishida has been busy deciding on party leadership and cabinet appointments. His team will reportedly include some familiar faces, including the current foreign and defence ministers, Motegi Toshimitsu and Kishinobuo, the brother of a former Prime Minister, Abe Shinzo. Mr Kishida reportedly plans to create a ministerial-level post for economic security policy, a sign of growing worries about China, and to spearhead a large stimulus package, a nod to worries about the economy's health during the pandemic. But after being formally anointed, Mr Kishida will have little time to settle in. He is expected to dissolve Parliament later this month, and elections for the lower house must be held by the end of November. Regional wrangling. A Catalonian leader faces extradition. 
On Monday, Carles Puigdemont, the exiled former leader of Catalonia's regional government, appears before an Italian judge. The court will decide whether to extradite him to Spain to face trial for orchestrating an unconstitutional referendum on independence in 2017. Italy arrested Mr Puigdemont last month, acting on an EU warrant issued in Spain. The legal wrangles have confused the picture. One is whether Mr Puigdemont, who is a member of the European Parliament, enjoys immunity from prosecution. Plus, one of the Spanish charges is for sedition, which is not in Italy's legal code. This can be grounds to refuse extradition. Back in Spain, Pedro Sanchez, the Prime Minister, says Mr Puigdemont must face justice. But he has also begun a temper-soothing, quote, dialogue with Catalonia's new leaders. Mr Puigdemont's return would be a distraction. Mr Sanchez may be quietly relieved if, as widely expected, he is freed instead. Deep impact. It's time to ditch the small talk. Imagine waiting in a queue or for a bus when a stranger sidles up to you and genially asks, quote, what is your life's greatest regret? If that thought fills you with horror, read on. According to research in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology, people secretly crave deeper conversations with strangers. In experiments with 1,800 people, pairs of strangers were prompted to discuss topics either shallow, quote, seen anything good on telly lately, or deep, quote, when was the last time you cried? Before and after surveys revealed that all conversations, but especially deeper ones, were less awkward than people expected. They were also more enjoyable and aroused a greater sense of connectedness than stock chit-chat. Psychologists say people underestimate how interested in them strangers are and should delve deeper than the usual natter about football or the weather. So the next time you break the ice with a stranger, consider using a sledgehammer instead of a pick. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Janis Joplin, who died on this day in 1970. Being an intellectual creates a lot of questions and no answers. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 